This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum. This audio is brought to you by muslimcentralmedia.com. Please follow us on social media facebook.com forward slash muslimcentral and twitter.com forward slash muslimcentral. Also check out our other websites, muslimcentraltube.com and muslimcentralimages.com. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen, nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa tabi'ina wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddini wa ba'd. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we believe that no matter how much we praise Him, it will never be sufficient. He has indeed blessed us with so much that if we were to try and count what He has blessed us with, it is impossible for us to come up with the complete list. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to continue blessing us. We also send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them all and to bless every single one of us and to grant us all every form of goodness. Beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, a beautiful afternoon here in this beautiful city, in this beautiful country of India. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to continue blessing us in every single way. For indeed, it is up to us to continue seeking from subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Almighty. And inshallah, He will continue giving us and He will bless us in so many ways, even ways that we had not imagined. This afternoon, I'm going to be speaking on a productive Muslim. You may have come across a talk of mine that I delivered in the city of Dubai some time back on a similar topic. I would like this to be a continuation of that and perhaps maybe a recapping of a few of the points that we made mention of there. The first extremely important thing that we all need to remember is every one of us needs to ask himself or herself a question. How have I been of benefit? How have I benefited? You know the Prophet says, linnas. The best of people are those who are most beneficial to the rest of the people. So if you have benefited others the most, then you are one of the best of people. So what we need to start with is benefiting myself. When I say starting with benefiting myself, I am not meaning that we need to be selfish, but we need to develop the tools within us to be able to be productive, to be able to benefit others, to be able to reach out to a greater number. If I do not have a motor vehicle, for example, how am I going to give a lift to others to go for salah, for example? So I first need to work hard and get the vehicle. Once I have the vehicle, I will be able to use it in a different way. Now, to start with, each one of us needs to recognize who he or she is. Who am I? Question. In a good way. We are not saying who am I in a bad way. You know, who am I can be asked in two ways. One is when you are arrogant and one is when you are a person who is humble trying to find where he was, where he is and where he is heading. You know, one day there was a certain man and he was at the airport and he was checking his bags in and he was overweight. So as he was overweight, the little the lady who is trying to help him told him, Sir, you are overweight. We will not allow you to go until you have paid per kilo X amount. He got so upset. He says, Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? So the lady was very calm. She realized this man is getting so angry, so upset. She took the public address system. She says, ladies and gentlemen, there is a man here who does not know who he is. That's not what he meant, but he was fixed for having spoken in such a way. This is why, relax. If you do not know who you are, it should be in a way that you are trying to learn where you came from, who you are today and where you are heading. 
We came from Allah, we are going back to Allah. When something happens, we are taught to say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We belong to Allah and unto Him shall be our ultimate return. Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. So, the primary way of being able to get the tool within us to help others, to reach others, the tool of productivity is to first know who you are. You are a human being. And when you were born into this world, you had parents. May Allah grant those who are orphans goodness. May Allah make us from amongst those who can fulfill the rights of the orphans. The bulk of us have had parents. Those parents looked after us at a time when, had they abandoned us, perhaps we would have died. Imagine your mother took care of you when you were very young. She changed you, she, she fed you and so on. If she left you, you would have been left for the dead. Which means you would not even know, or you would not even be able to fend for yourself because you would be left on the side, you don't know how to feed yourself, you don't have the capacity. So, once you realize, you will realize that you need to develop a link with the one who made you, number one. Secondly, you will need to, or you will come to realize, you need to develop a link with those whom your maker has chosen to bring you into existence and those are your parents. Those who looked after you from the time you were born, they are owed some form of kindness, some form of respect. This is why even if they are non-Muslim, the Qur'an is quite clear in saying, you owe them the courtesy and the kindness. You do not be unkind to them. When they instruct you to do something that is wrong and against what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed, in that case definitely you have every right not only every right to turn down that instruction, but you do not have the right to fulfill an instruction that is given to you which goes against the instructions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But otherwise, you need to be kind to your parents no matter what faith they are. This morning I was having a chat with one of the brothers and I was saying, those who are not compassionate towards fellow human beings, even if they belong to another faith, they have lost all sense of humanity. Sometimes you hear of a car crash, sometimes you hear of some disaster and people say, oh, Alhamdulillah, those who are non-Muslim, you know, they must, it's good that they perish. That type of statement shows that we have not felt humanity within us. Because if you look at the reaching out of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa it was one of the most productive ways of reaching out. He reached out to even his enemies in a productive way. In a way that those who tried to harm him were given the warning or they were dealt with in such a beautiful way that they, it served as a reminder to them to say, do not do this. And a deterrent for those who might have been planning. But at the same time, those whose hearts were decent, they had the inclination towards the goodness of the faith in a way that even our forefathers who were non-Muslim somewhere down the line have turned to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank Allah. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this. So it is the productivity of the association of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that has borne the fruit. If we are to follow the same sunnah by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will also have fruit, if not of a similar level, because he was a nabi, then at least of some level that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us. My brothers and sisters, once we recognize that we need to be kind to our parents and our family members, and we need to contribute to the family relation in the most productive way, then that little circle, the beginning, the first circle that we have, will be a solid foundation upon which we can base the productivity and benefiting of the rest of humanity, the Ummah at large. But if a person has a disastrous relationship at home, I don't respect my parents, I have no respect for my brothers and sisters, my siblings, no respect for those who taught me when I was young and looked after me, how then will we be able to be productive on a larger scale? How will we be able to benefit the rest of humanity when the core inner circle is that with a weak foundation, if any at all? So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to strengthen us, to help us to strengthen our link with Him. We all know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has dedicated so many verses to His worship and immediately after that He makes mention of the value of the parents. 
وقضى ربك ألا تعبدوا إلا إياه وبالوالدين إحسانا Amazing how Allah says He has declared, dictated It is the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Your Rabb has declared that you shall worship none but Him That is your link with Allah That is the root of productivity When you know that my link is with Allah I worship none but Allah That is the correct root of productivity Then Allah says And be kind to your parents Be kind to your parents Do not forget the fact that they looked after you when you were young إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا وَقُلْ لَهُمَا قَوْلًا كَرِيمًا Allah says, if one or both of them You have had the fortune of their presence in your older age or later on in your life and they have grown old in front of you. You need to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has declared to you that you should not forget how they have brought you up. Don't utter bad words that will hurt them. That does not mean don't utter just words. Because that is also... Counterproductive. If someone is not to say that which is just, correct. Just because this is your father or your mother does not mean you do not correct them. That is counterproductive. You will correct them, but in a beautiful way. You will correct them. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salam. What does he tell his father? In a beautiful way. Ya abati. The term abati is a, is a sweet term full of respect and love to address his own father. Ya Abati It is the same term later on That Ismail alayhi salam used with his father So when the father used the term with his own father The son used the same form of respect and love with his father Ismail alayhi salam when the dream was said to him He says Ya Abati fa'al ma tu'mar Satajiduni Respected father, do as you have been instructed, you will find me from amongst those who are forbearance, those who have sabr. But earlier on, Ibrahim told his father, who was an idol worshipper and he used to carve the idols, Ibrahim looked at him and says, Ya Abati, inni qad ja'ani min al-ilmi ma lam ya'tik. فَاتَّبِعْنِي أَهْدِكَ صِرَاطًا سَوِيًّا Oh my beloved respected father, knowledge has come to me that did not come to you. Follow me, I will guide you through to the right path. Look at the words he uses. Not like today people look, you know, look at their fathers and say, I have, an, I have a big degree, dad you are illiterate, you know nothing. That is what people do. But the same father struggled and sweated to send you to school at a time when they could not afford shoes, but your school fees was paid. We forgot about that. Now that we are big bosses, we become counterproductive by forgetting the role played by our parents. And a person who forgets the role played by their parents cannot be conscious of Allah in the correct way. Because consciousness of Allah would automatically dictate that you respect your parents. You understand that Allah has chosen parents for you as a test. A test. Every time we have parents, even those who are non-Muslim, they are a test for us. How is it that we will treat them, react to them? How will we fulfill their rights? It's a test from Allah, for me and you, tailor-made. There is no mistake in the plan of Allah. No mistake in the plan of Allah, ever. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the mind of humankind that sometimes does not understand and comprehend the plan of Allah. But Allah's plan is always there, perfect. He knows why He did what He did and nothing would have changed that besides the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, 
It is very important for us to know the roots of productivity. Without that, we will not be able to progress. They start with your link with Allah, your link with your deen, the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Today, people are very counterproductive. Sometimes, when they declare their love for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by tongue, but the whole life is led following a different trend altogether. We say we are Muslim, but we dress in a way that it is difficult for people to distinguish between the person who is a Muslim and not a Muslim. There is no difference. The way we operate, the way we sing and dance, the way we continue, is that productivity? Have we understood the link with Allah? Hypocrisy is terrible. Hypocrisy is something that can destroy the root of an individual. And if that root is destroyed, you can forget about being productive and assisting others and contributing towards mankind at large. Let me give you a little example of hypocrisy. There was a man who visited a certain country where the women were dressed quite scantily. And he was a man who always felt, you know, I need to look down and I need to uh, remember my duty of lowering my gaze. So his host happened to tell him that, you know, this country here, the people are dressed all freely. They are dressed as they want. So, you know, just pray for us and so on. The man, as soon as he sees a woman, as soon as he sees a woman who is not dressed appropriately, he looks down and he says, Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. Every two minutes, what is he saying? Astaghfirullah. And he's looking down. Every two minutes, Astaghfirullah. So his host felt this man, you know, Astaghfirullah, he, he seems to be quite a pious person where he's looking down and he is saying Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah each time that he passes a woman who is not dressed appropriately. And this happened for a few days. So the one day he was a little bit delayed, he didn't come out. His host came and told him, you know what, I will take you to a certain place where inshallah you won't see that much. You know, there is a mall around here where it won't be as bad as the other places. He says, okay, let's go. So when they got to that place, amazingly, this, the man was on the phone and his host, his host was in good company, so to speak. So what he did is, he got used to the habit of saying Astaghfirullah whenever he saw a woman who was scantily dressed. So as this man was on the phone, the host happened to see a woman who was scantily dressed and he himself, now for the first time, loudly said Astaghfirullah. This man put his phone down and said, Wait, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Allahu Akbar. You are now asking me where it is? So why were you saying Astaghfirullah all along? Allahu Akbar. In the meantime, the hypocrisy being exposed, may Allah forgive us all and grant us all protection from this type of hypocrisy. When we do something, do it for the sake of Allah. Imagine a good habit rubbing off onto someone else only to find out later on that in actual fact it was just a show. Why do we do that? Why do we, it is correct to say Astaghfirullah, I seek Allah's forgiveness and Allah will accept it from us, but let it be genuine. And I always tell the people who sit after salah with a tasbih, you know what is a tasbih? They will sit with a tasbih and they will say Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. Have you ever heard what I've said about that? The way it is uttered, there is no respect to Allah. You don't even know what you are saying. It is quantity rather than quality, yet Allah says I want quality rather than quantity. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Allah has created death and life in order to test you who has better deeds, whose quality of the deeds are better. He has never ever given importance to quantity. Remember this. So sometimes they utter stuffla, 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 until it sounds like stuck for life. You are stuck for life. That's what it sounds like. It is so fast, so quick, no one knows what they've said. Just because of the hadith where the hadith says, Rasulullah used to seek Allah's forgiveness up to a hundred times a day. It does not mean you pay lip service to it alone. Add your heart to it and add your sincerity to it and understand it is a powerful act of worship. That is productivity. Productivity is not when you just... Pay lip service to something without having your heart in it. You have just said a few words. Same applies to salah. Some of us, we peck the ground as though there is hot rock on the, on the ground and it is going to burn our foreheads. 
So we go down like a little chicken and we come back up as though we pack the grain and we're out. Take your time in sujood. It might be the last time that you will be allowed to make sujood for the sake of Allah. It might be your last salah. This is why the Prophet ﷺ encouraging us to fulfill our salah in the best way possible. He always used to say, Salli salatam wadda'i. Fulfill your salah as though it is a farewell salah. If that is the case, it becomes productive. Not only would you feel cool and calm, but the others, you know, one day, we were in a certain airport, at an airport in one of the European countries, and we happened to fulfill salah. And there was a little bit of animosity to say, should we or shouldn't we? There is no way, there is no prayer room, there is nothing. We need to read salah in one corner. So one person was saying, let's read, and the other one was saying, let's not read. Cut a long story short, we read. When we read, surprisingly, so many people gathered only to ask us, what were you doing? It was so beautiful. You looked so calm and relaxed. We want to know what it is. And subhanallah, we seized the opportunity to explain to them, وَمَا عَلَيْنَا إِلَّا الْبَلَغ Our duty was only to convey the message. What happened later on, Allah knows best. But what we need to remember, that is productive behavior. How can I forego my link with Allah just because I am concerned that you know I am in public? So some people do not want to dress for example with the Islamic headgear. You know the women are supposed to at least cover their hair to start with by the will of Allah. From a young age inshallah we start once we grow a little bit, get used to it, mashallah, dress appropriately. No matter what your friends are doing and the rest of the world is doing, you need to be productive because you can change that. We are leaders. People will follow when you do things with confidence and you do things knowing that I have guidelines. Guidelines that I am following which will definitely lead me to greater happiness than anyone else who is following any other guidelines. This is part of a Muslim. But one of the roots of productivity is knowledge. And without knowledge, you will never be productive because you won't even know what you're doing. And this is why we become so passive. People refuse to even look as Muslim, to even say that my name is a Muslim name, just because they do not have the knowledge of how beautiful the deen of Islam is. There are others out there who are dressed scantily, who are dressed in tight clothing, who show half their bellies, who do so much in terms of trying to keep up with the Joneses and the television and so on. But if they are exposed to the beautiful coolness and calmness and contentment that comes about by following the dress code and the, the rulings of this Islam, they will definitely tell us, why didn't you let us know this earlier? The problem with us, we dissolve. We dissolve in the cauldron known as westernization and civilization. It's called civilization. So everything, even if we are right, we just give it up and we think, my friends are all doing this. All my friends are dressed this way. I will look like the odd one out when I am dressed this way. That is shaitan coming to attack you and to make you counterproductive in a way that leadership is taken out of your whole system. Who is a leader? A leader sometimes needs to make decisions where he or she is lonely. Sometimes they might not agree with you, your group of people might not agree. But if you have taken the guidance from what Allah and His Messenger have taught, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, definitely you will be successful. And this is why the hadith says, Man Allaha bi nasi anhu wa anhu nas. Narration of Muhammad Whoever pleases Allah, whilst people are displeased of that matter, whoever pleases Allah through the displeasure of humanity, sometimes people become upset with you just because you want to please Allah. Allah says, that person, Allah will love him and very soon, a time will come when even the people will love that person. But the opposite is correct, which means if a person displeases Allah only to please the other people, Allah becomes upset with that person and very soon the people will also become upset with that particular person. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance and we ask Him to give us strength. This is why we say without the root of productivity, you will not be able to be productive. The seed of it is knowledge. You need to learn, you need to know, make an effort to learn what is right. And not just learn what is right in order to just have it in your system, but put it into practice. 
This is why Islam is not just a declaration, but it, there is a declaration, there is faith in the heart, and there is work that is to be done by your organs. It's not enough for me to say I'm a Muslim, but come time for salah I am sleeping, or time for honesty I'm the most dishonest person. It's not enough for me to say I believe in Allah, and I declare the shahada, ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. That is a powerful statement, yes, I believe in it. I have said it by my tongue, but I will also work in a way that I live by it. I live by it. And in order to work towards it, I will need to learn what is it that it entails. Knowledge. This is why extremely important is knowledge. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us with beneficial knowledge that we learn, put into practice and convey to others. One of the most productive ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and they were all productive. He says, بَلِّغُوا anni walaw ayah." Convey from me even if it means a single verse. And from this we learn that whatever you have learned which is correct and of religious value, you need not to be selfish. Give it to others. That is the height of productivity. This is why if someone were to hide knowledge, it is called kitmanul ilm, to hide knowledge. That is haram, it is prohibited. You are not allowed. You must beam that knowledge to as many people as possible. Let them, or you reach out to them and let them reach to it. Allow them to be able to benefit as best as you can. It will be known as a sadaqatun jariyah. The entire concept of this type of continuous charity a continual charity known as Sadaqatun Jariyah, it is one of the most productive ways of drawing the attention of the Muslim Ummah to that which will benefit more than one person and perhaps continue into generations. That is the whole concept of Sadaqah Jariyah, so productive. And this is why for me, to, to feed you, it might be a charity. Or for you to feed me, might be a charity. But for me and you to reach out to someone who is incapable because of his financial standing and show him, give him a rod and show him how to fish, that will definitely be much more productive than a man who's just given you a meal one time. If I see, for example, a beggar and I give him a meal, I've done a good deed, it is productive. But I am taught to be the most productive possible. I can show him towards a job or I can perhaps open a small little project for him to tell him take these things, sell them, you will earn so much money. You need to maintain the capital and then you need to spend that particular profit that you've made and perhaps there will come a time when you can build the profit. Why am I saying all this? Because one day there was a man whom we tried to assist. We gave him some money and we told him we want you to do a vegetable project. And he came back one week later, he said, my project was very successful. We said, so what happened? He said, no, I sold it and I ate the money. I made a lot of money. That is when we realize that productivity includes to be able to teach the person. Some of them do not have training. They don't know what business is all about. They have never done business. They did not study commerce because they did not go to school or whatever it is. So you need to tell them for a moment, be productive and think for a while. Let me teach him, look, I'm giving you something. You will buy something. You will sell it with the idea to keep only the profit as minimum as you need and the capital do not eat into it. Do not eat into it and grow it as much as you can. So you have given him the fishing rod and you have taught him how to fish. A time will come when the most productive is you teach him how to make the rod also. You teach him how to make the rod. He must not depend on you for the rod. Let him make his own rod. So now he can get a nice piece of bamboo or stick or whatever it is and put a twine hanging at the bottom and he can have his hook and he will fish. I don't know if you notice what I notice. When we go fishing, not to say I'm a fan of fishing, but you will always notice those who have the most sophisticated fishing rods, they catch the least fish. And one man who comes with a stick and a twine, he puts it in, next thing he catches a big fish, everyone is looking. So it has got to do also with Allah's distribution of His sustenance. SubhanAllah. I always laugh at people who have sophisticated rods. I tell them, you have such a, a, an expensive rod, but you have no guarantee that you are going to catch that fish. There are people whom Allah has blessed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. And that brings me also to another point. 
all these points, I would be correct if I said point number one, point number one, point number one, even though we are mentioning so many, because they are all as important. Do you know what is this point? Again, point number one. Dua, call out to Allah. That is one of the most productive ways of developing yourself and reaching out to others. Call out to Allah. Ask Allah's guidance. Ask Him to help you and to help you reach out to others. Help us, Ya Allah, to help one another. What a powerful dua. A productive Muslim looks out for any and every opportunity to reach out to others, even if it means through a smile. And the smile is considered a sadaqah, an act of charity, because it has within it so much power that the sunnah of Muhammad would be undervalued if someone were to say, a smile does not have any power in it. A smile has so much power, it makes me feel good in you. We spoke about it last night. Subhanallah, it is such a productive expression on your face. And whereas if you were a person who was gloomy, even those whose day was okay, become gloomy by looking at you. You know, if we walked into a room in a happy mood, and everyone is just looking so sad and down, like they've got news of some bad, something bad that has happened, and everyone is looking down. You walk in with a big smile, and as soon as you look at them, your face changes. What happened? Everyone is quiet. You greet them, and you get a half-hearted response. So you look down, and you sit. You are already feeling half knocked out. Why? Because the people around you, their expression is not productive at all. But if you are low and down and you walk into somewhere, they will say, MashaAllah, Assalamu Alaikum, how are you? And they smile at you, SubhanAllah. You already say, Wa Alaikum That's the minimum is eh? Feel a bit better. This is productivity, but the problem with us is, we think that it's a small matter. You know, the, the Prophet says, Allah adullukum ala amrin idha fa'altumuhu tahababtum afshus salama bayinakum. Should I not show you something that if you were to fulfill it correctly, it would increase the love amongst you and between you? Spread the salam in the correct way between you and amongst you. Salam meaning peace. And salam also referring to the greeting and that statement of, perhaps we can call it a guarantee, statement of guarantee. I like to look at it at that because when I say Assalamu Alaikum, in essence I am saying may peace be upon you. And if I am making a prayer for you to say peace be upon you, it would mean I would never harm you. And this is why the most disgusting habit is when a person dislikes you, they want to work against you, they don't want to see your face, but when they greet you, they have a broad smile, believing it's a sunnah, and they say, Assalamu alaikum, how are you? As soon as you turn your back, they have a dagger straight into your back. This is hypocrisy. If you have a problem, discuss it. Meet the person. Talk to them in a nice way. Brother, mashallah, we are Muslimin, we are... And so on. You know, I heard this about you. They can clear it. Give them the opportunity for clarification. And this is when we will become productive. The reason is, like we are talking about good habits for productivity, all bad habits make us counterproductive. All of them. There is no bad habit that someone can have and they can still say, you know what? It's very productive. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the secret meetings that people have. And He says, لَا خَيْرَ فِي كَثِيرٍ مِّن نَجْوَاهُمْ إِلَّا مَنْ أَمَرَ بِصَدَقَةٍ أَوْ مَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ إِصْلَاحٍ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ There is no goodness in those private meetings except if a person is instructing goodness. We have got together quietly in order to figure out how can we be good? How can we reach out to others for benefit? Amara bi Someone who is instructing a charitable deed. We are instructing goodness, charitable deeds, something that we, for example, would like to reach out to many people through. Then the meeting, no problem with it. Our ma'roof, something good, something that is the norm. We want to solve our problem. That is the third part of the verse. Our islah in bayn nas people who get together to solve problems. From this verse we learn that productivity includes solving problems of the people. If you are a productive Muslim, you must never be a person who creates a problem. Rather you must resolve a problem. And I always say my brothers and sisters, if you cannot solve the problem, at least do not start a problem. If you cannot solve other people's problems, do not be the problem yourself. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us and may He grant us goodness.
So this is the productivity within a Muslim when it comes to his link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like we mentioned salah, how can we be productive when we don't even have a link with Allah through salah, through our dress code? The name you have, utmost importance, a beautiful name that perhaps was given to you by one of your parents or one of your relatives or someone important and they blessed you by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with such a good name. And then we want to change it and chop it in a way that I am too shy because my name is a beautiful Muslim name. When I travel somewhere, when I travel somewhere, uh, perhaps in the West or wherever else, I don't want to be known as Muhammad. I'd rather go as Mo. I go as Mo. Why? Because if I say Muhammad, they will just look at me and they're going to think, hey, now when is this building blowing up? That is the attitude. You can change that perception by being a Muhammad who has reached out to all the others in a beneficial way. In my country, we have a shortage of water, drinking water. So some people drill boreholes in their homes and they have water purifiers. And outside their yard, they have a tap. And that tap is for drinking water, literally sadaqa jariya, a charitable deed that is continuous. They say drinking water for all. So there are literally lines of people, Muslim, non-Muslim, all colors, all races, all creeds, all inclinations, who stand and benefit from the water. And the reward goes to who? The person who drilled that borehole. That is a proper productive human being. When he thought of his issue, it was not only him. He thought of how many other people he can benefit in the process, your neighborhood you need to reach out to. And believe me, they will change their perception of Islam and the Muslims because of your attitude to them. When they read something in the news anti-Islam, immediately they will say, no, 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 no. In our community there is this man, that man, this woman, these people, these teachers, these lawyers, these doctors, these uh, plumbers or these whoever else it is, they are very good people, they reach out to us, they are like this, they are like that, subhanallah, what these people are saying is a lie. But because we know in real life they are good Muslims. That is productivity. And this is why we sometimes do not even reach out to our own Muslimin, forget about others, subhanallah, let alone the others. And this is why, take a look at the productivity of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مَا تَرَكَ خَيْرًا إِلَّا وَدَلَّنَا عَلَيْهِ وَلَا شَرًا إِلَّا حَذَّرَنَا مِنْ The Sahaba radiallahu anhum used to say, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has left no goodness except he has taught us about it. He did not forget a single aspect of goodness to teach us about it. And he reminded us about every single aspect of evil. So much so that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to say, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ None of you are true believers until you love for your brethren what you love for yourself. That is productive. When I want goodness, I must want that goodness for the others. If I am having a meal, how am I productive through that meal? My neighbors, at least I try and reach out to them. Someone who is with me, next to me, a beggar, a person who might be a vagabond, a person who doesn't have that much. Let me reach out to him or her in a way that at least I will get a reward for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many things happen when you reach out to others. Let me tell you. By the will of Allah, when you reach out to someone who is in need, Allah will protect you from a similar need. Number one. If not, then Allah will send you someone who will help you when you are in need. And this is the guarantee of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know the hadith says, if you come to Allah a handspan, He comes to you a whole foot. If you come to Him walking, He comes to you literally rushing. Which means every time your speed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will double it, triple it and even quicker. He will come back. So you assist for the cause of Allah, Allah will come to your assistance in so many ways that you don't even know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us ease. So my brothers and sisters, this productivity like you have just heard, it has its roots. The roots are in the link with Allah and the knowledge you have. And the concern you have for the rest of humanity at large. Every time ask yourself a question, what have I contributed to the rest of mankind? Some of us will be able to contribute in a religious way. Some of us will be able to contribute in a different way perhaps. 
some technology that has come up, some research that we have done, some form of medication that we might have discovered or we might have come up with and so on, some perhaps sacrifice, maybe we have served people as doctors, maybe for several years we have helped people teaching them in the schools, that is productive. And do not take Allah out of the equation, my brothers and sisters. Some people who are wealthy, they will say, you know, I want to help the poor, but not because I have to help, because I just want to do it for myself. I don't need a reward for it. Astaghfirullah. I have heard the statement from more than one person. They have asked me, Sheikh, what is the ruling? If I want to help people, but I don't want to do it because Allah told us to do it, and I don't need a reward from Allah for it, I just want to help because I just want to reach out. So I said, hang on. Who gave you what you have? It is Allah. Who is the one who allowed you to use your brain? Some people say, no, I got it with my own brain. You know, Karun, his story is made mention of in the Quran. And when he was asked, in fact, he used to say himself, whatever I have is because of my intellect, my brain. But he forgot a simple, a simple little letter to that equation was, you got it through your brain, okay? Okay, we agree. Who gave you your brain? Who gave you your brain? It goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is not your goodness in any way. It is all Allah who has given you whatever you have. Some people say, I am very intelligent. So I will definitely do well. My sister, make dua to Allah. Because if he wants, he can blank you in that exam. Do not depend on your intellect alone. Thank Allah for giving you the intellect. And ask Him to grant you success over and above that. Because it is He who gave it to you in the first place. So, when you have the wealth, you must know Allah has given it to you. When you know Allah has given it to you, you will recognize the virtue and favor that Allah has blessed you with. And others may not have as much. So you reach out with them from what Allah has given you. وَآتُوهُمْ مِمَّا لِلَّهِ الَّذِي Regarding something else altogether in Surah Al-Nur, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this instruction. He says, give them from that wealth which Allah has given you. Allah gave you, so give them. So we reach out for the sake of Allah. Don't think I don't need a reward from Allah. You are in desperate need of a reward from Allah just like I am. He needs, I need His mercy so desperately. And I need Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to look at me with the eye of mercy. Especially the day I die. And the day of qiyamah, the day of judgment, when my deeds will be laid bare. If I am concerned about that day, I will be productive in this dunya. I will be able to reach out in the best way. And I will be able to help people with humbleness. And this is why the difference between a Muslim and a person who is not a proper believer is that when a Muslim assists from what Allah has given him or her, it is done with humbleness, with calmness. It is done with humility, not with arrogance. When you give someone, don't think I am giving you. Here it is, you know, relax. The best sadaqah, the most productive charity, that which is given by the right hand in a way that even your left hand does not know what was given. And that means you don't need to advertise your charity. Sometimes maybe in order to encourage people, you might want to mention a thing with humility. But still the best of all charities, that which nobody knows you have engaged in, it is the most productive by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it ensures that your condition of your heart is such that you recognize today this person is being given something from me because Allah gave me. I need so many other blessings from Allah. I make dua and I pray to Him that He gives it to me. May Allah grant that to us. The concern, the concern for every human being that is walking around. I am concerned, even those who are the enemies of Islam, my concern is what can I do or what can I say to reduce that enmity, to try and explain to them, look guys, you've got the wrong picture, you have the wrong image, this is the correct image. So I need to continue to struggle and try to talk to them once, twice, ten times, fifty times. That is the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to continue to, to be concerned about how to bring those who hate us at least to understand the truth of who we are. 
a lot of the people who hate the Muslims, it is solely because they are ignorant. They don't know the reality. They think these people are hooligans, they are barbaric, they are like this, they are selfish, they are whatever else and so on. Without realizing that the true Islam, if we were to understand it, we would have loved it. This is what they don't understand. You know, there was a, a Christian brother who accepted Islam. And he said later on in his life that I thank Allah. Listen to this, is a powerful statement. I think it was said by Yusuf Islam, if I'm not mistaken. He says, I, I thank Allah that I met Islam before I met the Muslims. Did you hear that? I thank Allah that I met Islam before I met the Muslims. If you look at that statement, it sounds very light, but it's a very heavy statement. It means that the Muslims are not really practicing the proper Islam that is in the doctrine, that is in the revelation. We are supposed to turn to the deen in such a way that when people see us, they are automatically interested in this beautiful deen of ours. Automatically. Why? Because we are living Islam. Today, let's face facts. If I were to tell you who has stolen your money, you will name me five Muslims. If I were to tell you who has troubled your life, you will name me another few Muslims. If I tell you who is the culprit of the age, who has tried to mess your marriage and wreck this and that, anything I were to tell you negative, you will have names of Muslims. One might argue that that is because we live in the environment of Muslimin. But ask the same question to those who interact with the non-Muslims. I know some business people who told me, and this is not in this country, in another country. They've told me, we prefer to do business with the non-Muslims because they are more honest and upright. Is that the case? Where is our productivity gone? We are not even upright in business such that our own business people bear witness against us. A'udhu Billah. We are supposed to be so upright. One man tells me, when a Muslim enters a Muslim business, he begs for a discount. But the same product he will buy from a non-Muslim shop, he will pay double the price and he will smile and say, thank you very much and walk out. So why don't you pay the full price for the Muslimin? They also have their children. They have people they are looking after. Be productive. Do not scrounge for a discount when you know you can pay the price and it is a decent, reasonable price. Just because you think this is a Muslim, so I must get a discount. Brother, can you afford it? Is the price okay? If this was a non-Muslim shop, would you be prepared to pay the same price and walk out happily? The answer is yes. I know of another case where one brother told me himself. He says, you know, a man came to my shop and he purchased something. And that thing, he took it home, his children broke it and he brought it back. And he says, my policy at my shop is before I give the goods, I test it. When you walk out of the shop, I say, look, you, know, you do not return because you, we have tested the goods in front of your eyes. So you take it and you are gone. He says, this Muslim man came back and he told me this thing is broken. I looked at it and I said, look, we tested it before you. And he says, look, you are a Muslim. You are supposed to take back these goods. Otherwise, the lana of Allah is on you. The curse of Allah is on you. Look at the words he is using. The man says, I looked at him and I said, what curse of Allah is on me? Had you bought the same goods from the shop next door which belongs to a non-Muslim, you would have never had the guts to walk back with those goods or even to curse the man in that way. Where is the productivity gone? These are real life matters which result in counterproductivity. The Ummah is going backwards because the deen is in front of us but we are refusing to read and to put it to practice. Look at our homes and our families. Subhanallah, I always say this. Look at sometimes how we treat women who are not related to us. We will smile and we are so kind. The woman is busy saying, I wish I had a husband like this. But to your own wife, you are like a bull terrier. You walk into the house. Allahu Akbar, it's happening. So the wife says, if only you knew. Once you marry him, the story is over. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. You know, sometimes we have young people... May Allah protect us all from the new systems and ways of getting together which are wrong. Young people, they tell you, I have been dating this man for four years. Dating. You know, when I was young, we used to think dates were only the, 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 the dates which we eat. You know, they call it tam. The dates that you get when you go to Makkah. But later we learned that dates, the date is actually not only the, the, you know, whether it's December or January, and not even that to eat, but it means when the two of you are going out together to do some, you know, activity which may not be within the confines of the Sharia. So, we were dating for four years. He was the best man ever. 
But ever since we got married, he has turned 180 degrees. 180 degrees. Can I tell you why, my sister? When you were dating him, that was so counterproductive. Number one is, shaitan was beautifying everything. You were blinded, looking at him with all love. And he was looking at you with all love. And he was trying to impress you because you were not yet belonging to him. Listen carefully. He's impressing you because he wants you to say, okay, I belong to you. Once you have come into the belonging of one another by paper, and everything is halal, shaitan's effort is changed completely, and the man is no longer interested in the same way, because he was hunting, and he managed to get what he was hunting. Now he can hunt for something else. You see the logic? He was hunting, literally, and he had to impress. You know when you go hunting, let's say for example there is a gazelle, and the person has spotted it, and he might throw his spear at it, and he knows he hit it. He runs after it for as long as it takes, four hours, two hours, three hours, until he nails it, until it is down on the ground. Once it is there, he'll go for another gazelle. So they say, this man, for four years he was trying, oh, let's go out for coffee, here is a rose, he will hide it behind his back in a romantic way, and come and say, this is your rose. He won't tell you he got it from the graveyard, but at least he will give it to you, you know. And he comes and says, this is the rose, and your heart melts. Oh, this man, no way, the world does not have a man like this. Let him do the same thing for you after marriage, then he is a man. Then he is a man. Then he is productive. A Muslim works harder on the women who are under his authority or within his marriage and relation. Much harder than he does with the others. Not to say that he is not respectful to the others. Respectful to all. MashaAllah. But your prime relation. Because if you are not going to work on your spouse, even the females, you need to go out of your way to speak nicely. You know, I travel a lot. And sometimes you have... The air hostesses and the hosts, you know, the stewards, they'll come to you and smile. And sometimes you can actually see this is a plastic smile. You know what's a plastic smile? It means it's just there. And you don't even know, what are they trying to do? SubhanAllah, they are paid to smile. Literally, if they do not smile, you can complain. And if many people complain, they might lose the job. It's a fact. You can complain. So. I, one day someone was asking me, one of, the, the, one of them was asking me about a marital problem. And I said, Subhanallah. You know, many years ago I said the same words, that if we have our teeth, the amount of teeth that we show those whom we work with or we work for, or the client, for example, if we show half of those teeth in our house, our marital problem will be over. Half of those teeth. So if you showed them a smile like this, at least when you come home, smile like this. It will be good enough. But we come home, the mouth is closed. It's the other way around. And we enter the territory thinking we are going to have a productive relationship. No. Productive relation is you work on those whom you are supposed to be working with. A lot of us do not have time for our children, but we sit with our friends for hours on end outside the masjid. And your wife is phoning you, where are you? So two things happen. You say, I'm in the masjid, man. You are not in the masjid. You are wasting time outside the masjid. And then you go home and you say, you embarrass me in front of my friends. I am the boss. How can you phone me and say, where are you? Now I want to tell you another two things. Why do you want to wait until your spouse phones you? Get home in advance. Tell your friends, I am married, I am going. If they start saying, you are a chicken, say, no problem. If they say, oh, you are ruled by your wife, no problem. Let them say what they want for as long as you know you are doing the right thing and you are living a productive life. You get to your children before bedtime and you can perhaps teach them one dua, say a few good words to them, I love you so much, my son, my daughter and so on. I just came to see you. Is everything okay? Mashallah. Let that happen on a daily basis. Before you know, they will be 20 years old and they will have been married on their own and they will have an example to follow from you. That is what productivity is. But if you were a person, every day you are with your friends. No exception. Sometimes some people are very busy. So at least when you get the opportunity, don't waste time. Go back home. 
But if you are a person who does not do that, every day you are far away and you do not come home, you have no time for your spouse. When you come home, you are so tired, so tired. Some people, you know, before it used to be with the, with the remote control for the television, still in some homes it might be that. The man comes every day late and one day he comes home and he just presses the button and the wife is asking him, oh my beloved, you know, I prepared for you food. And he has not heard one thing, nothing, nothing. He... It did not even go through the ear. You know, some people, it goes through one ear, comes out the other. With us, sometimes it does not even go through the ear. The ear is blocked. It rebounds from the outside, boom, out. So, some people are experts. They are on their phone, you know, pressing the buttons. And they are asking you, so is everything okay? You say, yes. Did you have a good day? Yes. So, would you like to eat? Yes. Can I take the food out? Yes. What type of food would you like? Yes. Yes. And when that happens, you can even ask them, are you a big fool? They will say, yes. Yes. Why? Because my mind is with my phone. Stop it. Listen to who you are talking to. That is productive. Listen to who is talking to you. Have time for your spouse. Say good words to them. Remember this. Make sure that you deal with those who are in front of you before you deal with those who are from a distance via your phone. Remember this. Today we have a problem throughout the globe. What is the problem? On the mobile phone. A few days ago someone sent me an image on WhatsApp and they said, what is wrong with this image? And there were people standing in the UK at the platform at the, at the train station. And every single one of them was on the phone. Besides one man, he had his hands in his pocket and he was looking up. That was the difference. So they are saying, spot the difference, meaning see what is wrong with this picture. And then they put a red circle around this man's face to show you that he is the only one who is not looking at his phone. Wallahi, it was a true image, a true picture. And today we see it happening. You know, I happened to catch a bus in one of the countries. And I jumped onto this bus and I saw every single person without exception was on their phone looking down. And I'm busy thinking, you know, I had a friend who started up a, a restaurant back in my country and he was telling me that if you turn on your Bluetooth, the menu will come onto your phone. And at that time I was thinking this is not so feasible and so on, but now I realize and I understand why. The reason is, your menu will be on your phone, you tick what you want on your phone, you order it on your phone, that is the way they are going to talk to you. So it reminds me of the relationship between husband and wife. Sometimes it is more befitting for you to send a message to the spouse to say, are you coming to eat? And they will answer you, yes, but they still won't come. Allahu Akbar. When a person is stuck to the phone, they become so counterproductive that when they tell you 10 minutes, it means one hour. They tell you, I'm coming just now. Just now means after half an hour. Why? Because I'm a person who's counterproductive. I'm not saying do not use technology. Use it to benefit others and to benefit yourself to start with. If you cannot benefit yourself, at least don't harm yourself. If you cannot do things, that are to help yourself and those around you. The minimum is do not do that which is going to harm you and those around you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us. So when we talk of productivity as a Muslim, a lot of the times people think, you know, a man must get to the moon and so on. We do agree. Reach out to humanity at large in the, in the best way you can, according to your capabilities. Today we met some of the children at the Peace International School and I was very happy with the caliber and the way they were speaking. SubhanAllah, in my mind I said, one day we will have rocket scientists from here. One day we will have top people across the globe who will benefit humanity at large with their findings and discoveries and so on. We need that in the Ummah. Once again, it was there. Where did it go? We've become people today such that we are worried about money so much that we will do anything and everything to earn money. A Muslim is taught that yes, you earn money in a way that both people have benefited. The one who bought your product will go home happily and he will say, Alhamdulillah, I had a good deal. And you have made your profit and you are also a happy man. Alhamdulillah, we had a good deal. The hadith of the Prophet 
Allah's mercy is upon a person who is considerate of the buyer when selling and considerate of the seller when buying. Amazing hadith. Be considerate. But today, who is a shrewd businessman? They say this man is top businessman. Why? Because he thought of any and every way of collecting the money in all your pockets now and putting it into his pocket. Extremely intelligent. They say one day, there was a man. And uh, you know, before I used to say where the man came from, but now I don't want to say where he came from because we need to protect the identity of some of these people. So he says, uh, they, they walked into this supermarket. And he took some chocolates and he put these three chocolates in his pocket and he walked out. So he tells his friend, you know what, you have to congratulate me. Now this is congratulation. Why congratulate you? Because I managed to walk out of this shop with three chocolates and I did not pay. He said, you know what, you think you know how to do that. I will show you what I can do. Let's go back to the shop. He went back to the shop. He said, I can do it openly. You had to hide. You had to hide and put it in your pocket and walk out. I can do it openly. So the two went back together. He took the same three chocolates from the shelf. He put in his... No, he, he took it like this. And he went to the till. He says, hey, till. This now, the, the till is looking, saying, yes. He says, yes, what do you want? And his friend is looking at him, I wonder what he's going to do. He says, you see, I can do magic. He says, what is the magic? He says, these three chocolates I put in my pocket here. And he closed his pocket, gone. So the, the till says, so what's the magic about it? He says, now the same three will come out of his pocket, check. The man says, what? So he took out one, two and three. He says, chalo, let's go. He says, you see, I told you, I can do it openly. That is today considered productive, yet it is the most counterproductive behavior. It is not befitting a believer to think that that is intelligent in any way. It is not intelligent. It is robbery and crookery. May Allah protect us. But today they consider sharp businessmen. Why? He outwitted all of these people and he took their money. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. I'm sure you know the story of the fan. You know the fan where they say a man was passing uh, one day and he knew his daughter had to get married. His wife was always complaining to him that you are a stingy man. You don't even spend money. Now your daughter is getting married and you have not bought anything yet for the wedding. We have invited 400 people and what is going to happen? You need to start preparing and so on. So he decided, okay, one day when he was walking on the side of the road, there was a man selling these fans. You know those beautiful Chinese fans that you get, you open the fan and you know you can, you, you use that in order to cool yourself down. Some of us, you know, we, we don't have those so we use a book or a piece of paper or something. But there is a fan, you get beautiful, if you try it, it really works. He saw it and he says, how much is this? Now I'm going to use rupee because we are in India. So the man says, look, there is one for 10 rupee, 5 rupee, 2 rupee, 1 rupee and half rupee. He said, half rupee? He says, okay, okay. How much in one box? He said, 200 in one box. Give me two boxes. He gave him the, the rupees and he proceeded. How much did he pay for it? Half a rupee each. And he told his wife, okay, I started preparing for the wedding. This is the gift. We are going to give all those who attend. It's a fan. And he went back to work. He went back to work. The wife was so happy. Oh my God, is accepted. You know, now the man is now learning. So anyway, she decided to look at it. She opened one fan. She opened it out and she did this and it broke. As soon as she did, you know, put her hand like this, it broke. So the fan broke. Immediately, she said, no, maybe this one is faulty. Let me try another one. She opened the next one. As soon as she did this, it broke again. And the third one, as soon as she moved it, it broke again. So she said, wait, wait, wait. Contact my husband. You better come back. So he came and he says, what's wrong? These fans are all breaking. What do you mean? So she explained. So he took one, but now it's the fourth one he is taking. He opened it, and as soon as he moved it, it broke. So he said, give me the two boxes. Let me go back to that man. I will swap it. I will change it. So he went, took those two boxes and arrived with, at the corner of, you know, the road where this person was selling these fans. And he told him, listen, these fans are breaking. One after the other, four of them are broken. I want the other, another box. These are rejects. The man says, hey, how much did you pay for these? 
Did you pay 10? Did you pay 5? Did you pay 1? He said, no, I paid half rupee each. He said, you paid half rupee. So did you read the instructions? He said, what do you mean? This does not come with instructions. He said, no, there's instructions. If you paid half rupee, there is a system. There is a way of how to use those fans. It's not the same like the 10 rupee fan. So the man says, okay, show me. He said, okay, take out one. So he took out one. He says, open it. He opened it. Right, put it in front of your face. He put it, now move your face. He says, that is how you have to use the fan. Because you only paid half a rupee. Now imagine how sharp this businessman is that he wants to sell a product that is not even fit to be used for what it is made for, but to make the money, it is sold. Perhaps those are only for decoration. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us honest, upright people. When you sell a goods, remember the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's hadith. Clearly, he says, فَإِنْ صَدَقَ وَبَيَّنَا بُورِكَ لَهُمَا فِي بَيْنِهِمَا وَإِنْ كَذَبَ وَكَتَمَا مُحِقَتْ بَرَكَةُ بَيْئِهِمَا He says, the people who are buying and selling, if they are honest and open, you declare, look, I'm selling you this vehicle, but I have panel beaten the back panel once. I just need you to know that. That is honesty. The hadith says, if you are honest, upright, and open, transparent when you are selling, there will be blessings in what? In the deal you have done and what you have earned and achieved. Blessings. And if you have cheated and lied, then the blessings go away. They are taken away. I want to ask you, a productive Muslim, is a productive Muslim more concerned about the value in monetary terms or more concerned about the blessings from Allah? It is the latter. We should be concerned about the blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How can we just be concerned about my pocket, my pocket, my pocket, my pocket? Your pockets will be so big by the time you go into the grave, you don't realize your kafan and your shroud does not have pockets. Have you ever seen a shroud with pockets? Not at all. It means whatever you have got is staying here. And this is why a lot of people, as soon as they die, their children are fighting one another for a share of the spoils. They call it spoils now. Why? Because the man himself, maybe sometimes it's a test from Allah, but if our halal, if our earnings are not halal, or they are contaminated through a little bit of deception here and there, how do you expect goodness in the next generation? If you are productive, you will teach your children from a young age, look, Allah has blessed us. I want you to do good. I want you to be kind to people. Speak with respect. No matter you can be a president or you can be a top person who is the CEO of the most successful company ever. Calm down. Humble yourself. Bring yourself to the level of people. Talk to others. Smile at them. Acknowledge that they are human beings. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us to reach out to one another. And may He make us from those who are productive. As I said, I have already spoken on this topic before. But today I spoke about different issues and matters regarding the same topic and subject. And perhaps sometime in the future we can continue maybe with, with different angles of the same topic. Because I firmly believe that it is our duty as Muslims to be productive from the very early age right up to the end of life. To be able to have benefited humanity at large, reaching out to the ecosystem and the animals and everything else. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent as a mercy. We as his ummah need to follow that example of mercy. And if we follow it by the will of Allah, we will earn his pleasure. And then we will be granted Jannah, wherein we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the meeting once again. Until we meet again sometime, we say, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad subhanallah wa bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.